This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome into Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Jay White, here today with Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg, and Wills Cotrere, IT expert at New Core Steel and IT instructor at Holmes Community College. Everyday Tech is MPB Think Radio's show about consumer technology and your very own personal IT department, all wrapped up into one convenient package. Jeremy can help you fix it, and Wilts can help you keep it safe, and both can do either well, so you're in good hands. Regardless, we want to hear from you this morning. Got any tech problems, issues, or questions? Or do you have a story or experience to share? Call Everyday Tech this morning. The number is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. We're seven and uh, eight minutes into the hour. Haven't given out the drive number yet, so that's we're off to a hot start. You can email us, everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Uh, amongst the stories that uh, we can dive into today, the U.S. Uh, Copyright Office striking a blow uh, for the right to repair. Uh, Spotify expects to have over 400 million users by the end of the year. Google Stadia now giving 30-minute free uh, game trial periods. Um, There is a new leader in the FCC. Photoshop has a new NFT button that uh, will encrypt uh, whatever images you're saving with uh, NFT uh, technology, which is uh, kind of the direction we're heading. That could be a big, big deal for that program. Uh, and also, a lost hiker ignored rescuers' phone calls, thinking they were spam calls. And um, I can't judge that. trying to call about the, uh, the, the lapsed insurance on his backpack. <laughs> right, or the student loans, or... Whatever, it, whatever it may be, yeah, yeah. I cannot imagine. Yeah, he had his phone. Yeah. He had his phone and fired. If he's if he's got his phone and he's out there wandering around, is he really lost? I mean, because obviously his phone worked. He had a signal, so maybe he just didn't want to be found. Maybe not. I don't know. That's a good point. We could talk about these things. I, I, I certainly it is a it is a funny story, I guess, because everything worked out. But um, I'm I am reserving judgment a hundred percent before I laugh at the guy because that's, you know, I I don't know how many how many calls that I've missed and uh, waited for the voicemail. What say, Jeremy? Find my way if these calls wouldn't stop coming through, but I can't focus long enough. The same number keeps calling me. Was it was it north? It was north or northeast. I, I can't remember. <laughs> Those rescuers would just leave a message, right? And and like you guys, you guys made fun a couple of weeks ago. Uh, leave a message, but uh, ignore the fact that my voicemail box is full. So yeah, <laughs> all right. So let's let's get into it here. Wilts, how's it been going? Oh man, pretty good, pretty good. Just. Uh... You know, we're getting ready for some some big maintenance out here, so everybody's just kind of getting ready for that, and it's been uh, been just fun times. So I understand, Jeremy. How are things going? Man, I've been having a great time giving people some upgrades. Been putting in mm-hmm. some solid state drives and uh, doubling some RAM and some computers, and making old ones work like new ones, which is always fun. And um, it's it's always cool to sit down with the people you know whose computer used to take like I don't know 
minute or two to boot up and it you know boots up in like 10 seconds and everything <laughs> opens when you click on it yeah it's it's pretty awesome um you know i i love doing those upgrades for people because right now with computers being difficult to get good computers you can get a piece of garbage pretty easily but a good computer uh at a decent price uh is hard to find right now so breathing life into your old device is uh a good idea um you know i say keep it going as long as you can it keeps it out of the landfill it's better for the environment it's good for the yep. economy and it helps out your local repair guy um but yeah it also helps you out because you can get just about equivalent performance out of a computer if it has decent enough stats that was made several years ago if you just put a little extra memory and a little bit of a better drive in it than some of the computers that you can go out and get today. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. 877-MPB-RING is the number, 877-672-7464. Uh, Wiltz, with your iPhone right now, where what uh, where are you at with your uh, with your iOS? What, what number are you on right now? <laughs> I am on fifteen one. I went to the latest. All right. So or at least as of a couple of days ago, it was the latest. I haven't checked recently. <laughs> when, when did you, you know. when did you go ahead and make that move? And and uh, were you? I mean, obviously you felt comfortable enough to go ahead and do it. But what? what how did you kind of go through that decision making process? Um, well, the red dot came up, and I really don't like red dots on my phone. <laughs> no, um, no. Actually, I mean, I saw the alert kind of come across looked into what it was a lot of the updates that it seemed like it was a lot of the things it was really addressing were more for the iphone 13 yeah uh it seemed uh seemed like they were trying to also correct a few carplay items and i'm i'm a pretty extensive carplay user so i was like okay well if they can make that any smoother i didn't really see any difference good or bad um but, you know, no, nothing that I really read on it kind of gave me the, oh, this might be a little bit touchy. There weren't any real new features coming into it. So I felt pretty safe going with it. Yeah. Um, I waited about a day or so because usually, you know, one thing uh, one thing for sure about the, uh, the folks on the net, and that is the moment something kind of goes bad, you're going to know within about 24 hours someone's complaining about it. So yeah. I, I pretty much I'll never run an update unless – you know, I at least give a really quick Google search, you know, hey, uh, iOS 15.1 complaints or something like that. And uh, yeah, I was going to yeah, ask, is there like major a major was blowing up? Yeah, I was going to ask, is there a, a website in particular that you try to hit on? You just do a Google search and kind of take the 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 mean of the search as a whole uh, and take yeah. its word for it. Yeah, pretty much. A couple of forums. Uh, people in Reddit are always very, very uh, talkative. Certainly. You yeah. Sometimes take that with a grain of salt. Um, I'll look to sites like Bleeping Computer. I like that. Sometimes when something goes a little bit funky, they'll they'll have a few things to say about it. But yeah, just really, um, you know, uh, front you know first page of Google things. Never go to the second page of Google. That's that's kind of that's, that's a rough zone over there. But yeah, no, just a cursory scan of first page of Google. Second page, if I'm really really concerned, uh, third page is no man's land. So. At that point, it's just uh, yeah, you're 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 in the wild the wild west by page three. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If complaints are filling up that many pages in Google, and then you you want to avoid that one. But but no, I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, really, I just do kind of a kind of a quick glance through, look through, um, you know, uh, a couple of different sites that I generally see if somebody starts complaining. Um, How to Geek is another good one, uh, along with like Tom's Hardware. He'll even put a few things out of. Every now and then, if something kind of goes a little, little wonky, so yeah. But yeah, something like fifteen one wasn't didn't really have too much bad going on. So, my, did you make the jump? I have not. Uh, for folks who who were who weren't listening a couple of weeks ago, I I had been a Samsung Galaxy user for several years, about three, I guess, and um, mine uh, quit, for lack of a better term, and. What was financially the easiest thing for my wife and I to do is for her to get an update or an upgrade that she had available with our plan. So she is uh, off to the newest iPhone, and I've I've been passed down her iPhone 11, which is very nice. And I, I like the ability to kind of switch back and forth 
just to see how the other half is living. And yeah. you know what? In, in different phases of life, this is I'm trying to make. It, it may sound like I'm trying to make this all like wise and wisdom and all this kind of stuff. No, not really. Um, it's just it's it's variety basically. You go for a long time on an Android, and then you pick up an iPhone again, and you have to kind of relearn everything. And I I really guys I enjoy the differences between the two. I really do. Um, there, there's no doubt having used an, uh, an iPhone again for, I don't know, several weeks now, there is no denying why, at least in North America, it is a, you know, runaway smash hit because the UI is so silky smooth and so intuitive and so easy. And depending on where you are in your life, you know, if you're still in a place where you have the time and the want to, to tinker, then the iPhone is not for you. And I've, you know, there have been times like the previous few years where that was kind of my goal. I wanted to tinker and I wanted to, you know, mess around with stuff under the hood with my phone. And when you have a Samsung um, that doesn't have a Snapdragon on it, then that's something that you can do. And even the ones with Snapdragon, there's a lot of things that you can tinker with. iPhone's not really made for that. It's made to keep people who don't want to accidentally wade into danger zones where they can jack their phone up unknowingly out from between those ditches. And it's very good for that. And that's kind of the place that I'm in right now. So it's, you know, I don't spend as much time tinkering on my phone as I have in previous years. So having that iPhone and that slick UI it works for me right now. And so I, I, I really, in the last few weeks, um, I, can, I have to stop making fun of my wife for her being a, you know, a sheep with all everybody else that has the iPhone. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm really enjoying the difference between the two, but I appreciate the differences between the two and the alternatives that they offer to each other. So I guess that's cool. That's a thing. I, I think you had a question in there. I'm at 1473 right now. And uh, I have I have not upgraded, but I guess I will go ahead. So now that you've yeah, given you've given bad. me the okay, I'm going to go ahead and move up to fifteen one. I guess I guess I got to go to fifteen first. That's what it's offering me. And then I guess That's maybe offering you fifteen. Uh, well, yeah, because you have to come out of the fourteen. Yeah, era. I guess it has to come By in the stages. Way, just for everybody, if you're not at least to fourteen eight. I would highly suggest people get at least to the 14.8. Uh, there were some pretty bad vulnerabilities that came out pretty much back-to-back um, uh, for Apple that were actively, you know, it's one of those. It's one thing when they say, oh, we have some vulnerabilities, then there's the, the extra step to that was we have some vulnerabilities that are being actively exploited. Um, and one of the ways they were exploiting those was from some of those junk text messages that all of us seem to keep getting. <laughs> So if you're not at least at 14.8, you definitely want to at least get there to uh, that. There was some pretty important security patches that came along with that. All right. Well, now you've scared me uh, into doing it. So I'll be doing that like as soon as the show is over. Well, it is the week of Halloween, so it's like the week to, That's the week right. to spook you. Spooky month, indeed. All right, let's take our first break here. We would love to hear from you this morning. Give us a call, 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. When we come back, uh, we can dig into a bunch of things, including we want to talk about this story, and I guess... Uh, also, I want to ask uh, Kevin Farrell, who uh, hosts and produces so many shows here, but he heard an interesting thing to do. If you're in a situation like this lost hiker who ignored rescuers' phone calls thinking they were spam, Kevin has heard uh, a really cool idea. I want to ask him about that when we come back from this break. And your calls as well. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. podcast.
You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening this morning with Jeremy and Wiltz. I am Jay. Jabba is engineering the show. Kevin, who we'll talk to in a minute, is answering the phones right now. Currently, we'd love to talk to you. Uh, a lost hiker ignored rescuers' phone calls thinking they were spam. This is an NPR story or version of the story that I've got called up. You can get a cell phone signal on the highest mountain in Colorado, and if you get lost hiking that mountain, you should probably answer your phone, even if you don't recognize the caller's number. That's the message being spread by Lake County Search and Rescue, which tried to help a lost hiker on Mount Elbert by sending out search teams and repeatedly calling the hiker's phone, all to no avail. The hiker spent the night on the side of the mountain before finally reaching safety. One notable takeaway is that the subject ignored repeated phone calls from us because they didn't recognize the number, uh, the rescue unit said on its Facebook page. The hiker was lost on the tallest peak in the Rockies. What a place to get lost. Mount Elbert is the tallest peak in the Rocky Mountains with an elevation of 14,433 feet. Both of the trails leading to its summit are, quote, well-trodden Class 1 trails, according to the U.S. Forestry Service, meaning they're not very technical and don't require special gear. But the South Elbert Trail that the hiker was on does have an elevation gain of about 4,800 feet, and the mountain is currently capped with snow. The hiker set out at 9 a.m. October 18th on a route that normally takes about seven hours to complete round trip. A caller alerted search and rescue teams around 8 p.m., and a five-person team stayed in the field looking for the hiker until 3 a.m. when the team suspended the search. More searchers hit the mountain the next morning, but then the hiker appeared, having finally made it back to their car. The hiker had gotten disoriented in an ordeal that lasted about 24 hours. And rescuers hope the incident could be a teachable moment. Um, if your uh, uh, Lake County Search and Rescue is using the incident as a teaching moment, if you're overdue according to your itinerary and you start getting repeated calls from an unknown number, please answer the phone. It may be a search and rescue team trying to confirm you're safe. Uh, in its message about the lost and found adventurer, the search and rescue unit also urged hikers on the mountain to please remember that the trail is obscured by snow above treeline and will be in that condition now through probably late June. Um, so, yeah, it, it, basically the guy. Go ahead, Jeremy. So I said this is a teachable moment, right? So um, why don't the uh, the people in charge tell every hiker Hey, so we know that you want to have a good time on our trail, but, you know, it's possible you can get lost. And if you do, you're going to get a call from this number. Or if you get a call from a repeated number, answer it, because we think you're lost and we have your number. Why wouldn't they tell them that to begin with? Well, and, and look, there's a little common sense that goes with this, too. I mean, I would imagine that the search and rescue team, and I don't know this for a fact, but I would guess that they called repeatedly. If they were looking for this guy who's lost and they kept getting uh, and it kept ringing and not going like immediately to voicemail, which we've got a point about here in just a moment. But if the same number keeps repeatedly ringing you, I would and I'm lost after a while, I would think maybe this is somebody trying to find me. Uh, they said he was disoriented yeah. again. I don't want to try to judge, but. OK, so. We also have these cool things called text messages. And, you know, if I can't get somebody on the phone, I'll send them one of those, you know, smoke screen or smoke messages by electronics. Yeah, I'll send them one of those. And that usually gets their attention. And, like, if I was calling somebody, this happened the other day, actually. I have a number that I, or an app that I use to call out through my phone system so it looks like you're being called by the computer doctor's number instead of my cell phone because I don't want people having my cell phone calling me at 10 o'clock at night going, I got a problem with my computer. Can you help me out? Anyways, I. That would uh, never happen. <laughs> right, never. Um, but I was trying to call a customer the other day and I could not call them. Every time I called them, it would go straight to a, a message that says the caller you're trying to reach can't be reached right now, but not like a voicemail, just like a, this call can't be completed type thing. And I was like, what is going on? I've been trying to call this lady for a little while now. So I pulled out my cell phone 
and I called her directly and I was able to reach her. But had either of those things not happened, I would have sent a text message saying, hey, I'm trying to reach you. Please hit me back. Because if somebody wants to reach me and I don't answer the phone, that's the only way you're going to get my attention because I'm probably not going to call you back. Sorry. All right. So uh, amongst the things that uh, when right at the beginning of the show or during the, the news break, Java and Kevin and I were talking about this and Java was like, hey, if you're up on a mountain lost, uh, does it matter who's calling you? Answer the phone like um, maybe you could tell the guy trying to get you, you know, some new home warranty or to try to help you pay off your student loans. <laughs> that you're lost. Can you help me out? And then I'll pay you even for my non-existent student loans. I love nothing more than consolidate my student loans. But right now I'm lost on a mountain. Please help me. But this is, Kevin made this point and and something that he heard in reference to the story that I think is, is such a good idea and such an important thing to hear maybe so that I, I would love to hear him talk about it here for a second for folks not necessarily even lost on the top of a mountain, but if you get in any kind of situation where you're kind of trapped away from all of the important people in your life and they may not know where you are, but you're alive, this is so tell us about what you heard, Kevin. Yeah, um, you know, the Internet gives us dumb things like the cinnamon challenge and the milk crate challenge, but occasionally you hear something that's actually a pretty good idea, and I thought this one fit in. And they said that, you know, if you notice that you're lost or you're out of touch and you notice maybe your battery is running down or you're having trouble getting a signal, when you do, change your voicemail message to say, hey, I was hiking and I am lost. I think I am near the giant pine tree, you know, by this town or whatever. Try to give as much information on your voicemail message as you can. So that way, when someone calls your phone, they get that message and then that might be able then they might be able to help uh, figure out where you are and come uh, uh, give you some assistance. Very cool. And that seems like the e- easiest idea or answer of all time and but when he mentioned that i was like oh yeah we were like yeah duh that's seems like something that would be common sense but it's something i probably would not think to do and i'm guessing the guy fourteen thousand three hundred feet up in the air in colorado didn't think to do either but uh regardless uh what a predicament to get stuck in and uh boy he's probably getting the ribbing and everything from his friends Poor fella. All right. Let's go to the phones. Our first call today is from Boonville. We have got Kay on the line. Kay, thanks for calling in this morning. What's going on? Okay. I have a desktop computer, mm-hmm. and I use uh, okay. uh, Windows Live 2011 through AT&T, and AT&T no longer uh, supports uh, Windows Live or, won't answer, or don't know the answer to questions or whatever. But anyway... I keep getting emails, the same email, in multiple posts. And I don't know, I, I delete them, I delete, maybe there may be 20 of the same email. And I delete them, but I still have the problem. And it's okay, not just so one email. email. If you delete email, that does not tell your mail system to do anything with the email other than send it to the trash. What you need to do is label it as junk or spam. That way, if it sees that address in the future, it will throw it in the garbage. Now, having said that, you are on AT&T, which is Yahoo, which does not have great spam filtering capabilities. And so um, you're just kind of a sitting duck anyways because you have one of those accounts. you can continue the the battle of labeling things as junk and trying to uh, make sense of your email, or you could do uh, what we frequently suggest to people using uh, Yahoo or AOL, which is migrate your email account over to Gmail, which has much better spam filtering abilities, and your inbox will be forever liberated. Okay, but it's not spam. The emails that I get uh, repeated uh, copies of is not spam. I mean, it sounds like spam if you're getting 20 of them. Why, why exactly is but it not spam? Well, it's it's spots a, a, a that I uh, subscribe to to receive the email. Ah, newsletters. Yeah, or, yeah, or subscriptions. Newsletters. There we go. Right, right. 
Well, there's okay. So with that, with those, you can still do what Jeremy said and and set it so that your your email filter sees it as spam and will block it from even getting there. Or and and this is. Uh, not the easiest thing to do, especially if you've signed up for many of these over over the time, like mm-hmm. yours truly. Each one yeah. of those should have a tiny link at the bottom that says unsubscribe. Yeah. And you click on that link, and I would you know make sure that it's it's when you have an email like this, make sure it's not a spam email because if it is, then. Clicking on any link inside of it could take you down a maze. But if it is, if you're for sure, if it's just like, you know, a random website or, you know, a store that you visit often or, you know, a list that you signed up for when you bought something and they're sending you emails, um, it should have an unsubscribe link and it should either one, open up a page that says, hey, you're unsubscribed, or two, it takes you to a page where it gives you uh, options. For unsubscribing, uh-huh. like, you know, a lot of these companies have multiple lists uh, yeah. that you may have been subscribed to or, or they want to know which one specifically you're trying to unsubscribe from. And a lot of times you have to put your e- you have to type your email address in there. I guess I think it's just a way for them to make it a little bit harder for you to unsubscribe so that maybe you won't like you don't have time or you don't want to you know, fool with it right now. But that's a way that you can do it, uh, and and one by one, and that's the long way around the the bend. But one by one, you can unsubscribe from those newsletters and get you cleaned up. Okay, I will try that right now. I have thirty two thousand emails. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. It and I have no idea how how I got there. I had a, I had the problem. A few months ago, where I couldn't get on my email, I, eventually I found out that I needed a new mouse. And so I got the new mouse, and so I, I wasn't, you know, during that time I wasn't able to go in, into uh, the Windows Live and delete all these things. I had to go to uh, AT&T, that Yahoo email. I cannot stand that email. I will not have it. But anyway, thank you so much for your help, and I will try that. <laughs> All right. We appreciate it, Kay. Also, I mean, Jeremy, just because that's her her Internet service provider possibly or maybe the one she got in with email doesn't mean that she has to stay with them. I mean, she could, you know, make a new uh, primary email for herself anywhere, right? Yes. I mean, at this point, you're so overwhelmed with uh, emails in your account, it would take less time for you to make a new account with, say, something like Gmail or, um, I don't know, Outlook or something um, to uh, get a fresh start, basically, you know, and say, hey, I have a new email address. It will take less time to do that than to try to get your current inbox back, which is ridden with spammy messages and and offers for things that you neither want nor need well something else to remember for for everyone whenever you're signing up for some of those i mean i just i kind of um you know i pick up my wife it's like you know she's she's signs up for all these different things and then she kind of pointed out it's like these are things that i actually want kind of like our caller was saying there but one thing to always be aware of is that when you're signing up for the free newsletter or for the coupon ads from you know local or national stores, a lot of those locations, once you sign up, they sell their email list mm. to other vendors. So just because you signed up at, you know, um, Joe's Pick-A-Pack, uh, he, Joe may be selling that thing off and, you know, um, you have about 10 or 20 other businesses that are going to get you as part of a mass email thing. And so even though you only signed up for one, you end up getting it from 20 different locations because your name and address, your name and email address are worth money, and and they are marketing them. Uh, that's why you'll see some websites now. Whenever you're signing up, they'll actually specifically say, "And we will not sell your information." Or yeah. you got to look for that little check mark down toward the bottom, and it says, "Is it okay for us to share this with our trusted vendors?" And what that's basically saying is, "We want to sell your stuff. Tell them no. It's not you know not required." So really pay attention to what you're signing up for. Look at all those check boxes that may automatically be checked up because you may just be asking for even more stuff. 
And then, too, I mean, you know, thinking outside the box a little bit, you can, I mean, if, if you enjoy, you know, looking at uh, the sales ads or, you know, newsletters from, you know, different places that or websites that you like to visit that you you would like to have in your inbox that you don't necessarily want to have to go visit, uh, you know, you can create an alternative email that's, you know, yeah. specifically I for that, that purpose. Yeah, I have a different Gmail account that I've actually linked to my main Gmail account. So it's still, I still only look in one location, but when anything comes in for that secondary, what I would call like my spam email account, or, you know, for those newsletters and other things like that, because I know they're going to get sold, I'll actually link that. It goes into a different folder. So when I look at my Gmail, I just had to look in that folder for all that, that, I guess you can call it bulk email, but it keeps my main email account, my actual personal one where I want friends and family only in there, keeps that nice and clean and pristine. So. And Wills, for for, and free. for people who don't know what you were talking about when you said it's all in the same place, the way that these email platforms work now is that, you know, like in a Gmail, or even if you put your Gmail into, uh, you know, your native Apple mail reader, that you can have multiple accounts basically checked at the same time or it, it will yeah. in the user interface it will allow you to use more than one email at one time correct yep which is i have probably half a dozen coming into a single gmail account that it checks from different locations because i'm not going to log in or want to check that many mailboxes at one time i want that single pane of glass that one spot to go to um and, and that can be done, and it's actually it's pretty easy. Just go into the settings area, and it says, "Do you want to check other mailboxes?" And yes. And let me ask you this one, uh, really quickly: as an IT guy, um, mm-hmm. uh, as an IT guy, how how much? And, and again, you know, me telling somebody to, if they want to, go into these emails and click the unsubscribe link. As an IT guy that works for a company. That's that's got to make you cringe a little bit, right? Because that's how they can trap some people. And do you have issues where you know sometimes employees, you know, maybe don't have a their 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 business or their work email has essentially become their primary email. Do you have issues like that? Um, we do in general. Now we're going. You know, we employ third parties for a lot of our spam filtering, so we can get a little bit more aggressive on it um there are going to be just certain things that we're just not going to allow through no matter what we've got to you know ultimately we have to protect the company um but yes being honest that does make me cringe i i I, the the unsubscribe buttons are just i don't trust any link in an email even one that i'm expecting i'm just uh I, i i think i've worked around the security a little bit too long to be all that trusting um but what I'll generally do is I will look at the unsubscribe link and see if it's like, you know, um, if it was, you know, mpb.org as part of the unsubscribe link. Like, okay, I'm going to a legitimate site that I know of, but if it's going through, you know, adclick.spamme.com, I'm probably not going to follow that one. So, you know, just a little something extra to look at. Um, and a lot of the times those unsubscribe, well, a lot of times, almost all the time, those unsubscribe links are jumbled up with a bunch of the legal uh, nuts and bolts down at the bottom yeah. of emails like that. And if if your work email is your primary email, you know, create create a freak account somewhere so that you can get this sent to the other direction. I know from pers- firsthand personal experience, when I first started working at MPB, this is 15 years ago. You know, I started getting some of these, you know, and I wasn't really thinking about it, but, you know, I started getting a lot of these <laughs> newsletters sent to my work email. Uh, and, boy, that can, just like she, Kay was making the point, I mean, this stuff can add up quickly, and you can you can get in a hole with that stuff real fast. And so I had to uh, work to correct that quickly. We'll take a break here. When we come back, we've got Joshua in uh, the Reservoir area. We've got uh, Jeff and Byram and uh, Vinny in uh, the Wiggins area. That We'll get back to the phones. Uh, we'll take your calls and emails as well, everydaytech at mpbonline.org. And there's plenty of stories still to dig into. This is Everyday Tech. We'll be back on Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Thank you so much for listening. Let's uh, get right back into it and get to the phone lines. We've got Joshua next, who's up in the uh, reservoir area. Josh, which reservoir? We've got plenty of those in Mississippi. Which one are you uh, close to? Ross Barnett. Barnett Reservoir. Okay. Go right ahead. What's going on? Hey, um, back to the you know lost hiker and then the, uh, the comment that was made about, hey, uh, you know, just put in your coordinates where you are on your voicemail. Um, that has been a terrible viral thing going on on social media and um, search and rescue agencies throughout North America have been urging people, please do not do this. Do not waste your battery or your time, you know, trying to update your voicemail. It's a terrible thing to do. You can, you know, uh, if you're lost or stranded, you have uh, low battery, low cell reception, try 911. If you can't get through to that, Try to give a map dot, you know, uh, your ping of where you're at. Try to text that out because that takes less power. So um, it's been a bad thing I've seen pop up in, in, in a lot of our camping groups lately, uh, especially in the last couple of days. And it, well, so uh, well, I, I missed your expl- Why is it a bad idea, though? Like people, you're going to waste your battery time trying to update your. Um, your voicemail, and if people are calling you, you know, you could possibly miss uh, a phone call, yeah. or you could, uh, you know, run your battery out just trying to change your voicemail rather than calling 911, uh, you know, to. Interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, like if, if, if you can call 911, I mean, that seems like yeah. a slam dunk is the number one thing to do anyway. And the other thing, yeah. I, I think we're, we're kind of assuming the situation that this guy was in. They did say that he was, you know, disoriented for a 24-hour period. So part of this might have been the guy kind of wasn't in his right mind. He was 14,000 feet off the ground <laughs> and in a, a, a snow-capped area. So the guy might have been, like, super cold. And, uh, you know, breathing some thin air for an extended period of time. Who knows where his brain was in all of this? And, I, again, that's not to judge. I, I would not want to be in that situation. But uh, that is interesting. To, so well, maybe not do that. One counterpoint to that, too, though, is that if you're on a low battery and you're not – I mean, 911 should always be your first go-to. But if you're on a low battery, um, your battery is going to go out. And then no one's reaching you. You're not reaching them. But even if your battery's out and your phone is turned off, your voicemail message still works because that's with your provider. It's not actually coming from your phone. So depending on, I mean, it, it's it's one of those, I mean, obviously it's not a one size fits all, but I mean, you know, depending on the situation, I still think where there may be at least some value in that. If I had a really low battery, I'm not able to reach 911. I've got very spotty service, service coming in and out. At least that message, once it gets up to your provider, it's there whether your phone's on, has signal, doesn't have signal, gets dropped in the water, doesn't care. Well, see, that, that so, was that was yeah, my thought, is that, you know, if you're about to run out of battery, this is one way that you can take the information that you have about where you are and make it extend past the life of your battery. Because if that's, you know, if that's your voicemail, then once your battery dies and people try to call you, as long as your voicemail is not full like mine, you know, that's... That's what people are going to get when they call you. If it goes straight to voicemail. Well, they'll still get your message. Even if, you, even yeah. if they can't leave a message, they'll still get your message. If no one's looking for you, though, then it'd be better to send a text. I think that was like the main point right. that, the, uh, that the search and rescue people were, were trying to make. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Not if, I mean, if you've got a signal and you've got enough battery where, you know, you have, you know, several <laughs> options to operate, it's certainly 911 and then trying to text somebody. Uh, your whereabouts. Great points. Hey, Joshua, thank you for the call this morning. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, stay on it here. We got Jeff next, who is in Byram. Jeff, thanks for calling. Good morning. Hey, guys. How you doing? Great. We appreciate you calling in. Um, I wanted to circle back back around to the email conversation. I had a quick tip for uh, Gmail users, uh, and it kind of goes along with what you're saying about having different accounts, but Gmail for years now, maybe since the beginning, but for years now, has the ability to create aliases on the fly. 
to where if you have your email address, everything before the at symbol, if you add the uh, plus symbol and then whatever after that before the at symbol, then it other um, services treat that as a totally separate email address, but Gmail treats it as the same as the original. So say your email address was johnsmith at gmail.com, you could do johnsmith plus apple at gmail.com as an alias, but it would all come to johnsmith at gmail.com. Excellent. Excellent. That's another good option. Especially for just a way of filtering, filtering those things out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, Jeff, we appreciate the call this morning. All right, Jeff, calling in from uh, Byron. We appreciate that. Another thing, I mean, depending on how tech savvy you feel you are, a thing that I've checked out is uh, a service called Unroll.me. Now, basically, what this is is it's you're signing up. <laughs> basically, it's a it, it's not a pay subscription service, but you're signing up for a service that essentially will take a look. I mean, you, you've got to go through a, a pretty rigorous uh, verification process with your email and with uh, the unroll.me people. But once you get all that stuff cleared, it will it will take a look at your inbox and what all of the stuff that it considers spam, it will ask you if you want to unsubscribe, and it can kind of auto-unsubscribe you from a lot of things. And it gives you several different options of how you want to do it. If you want to put it in a uh, a junk folder, if you want to unsubscribe from it altogether, or if you want to keep it in your role, basically like a roll-up of all of your uh, newsletters, and it will send you an email each day. That's basically like a digest of the 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 newsletters that you like or have given uh, priority to or something like that. It's pretty interesting. It was, it's worth checking out. Unroll.me. are pretty good at selling your info. Um, I used to use that service myself. Okay. Um, they they kind of got some, uh, some bad media when it was found out how much of their info they were harvesting out of your inbox. But, you know, at this point in time, uh, maybe that's not frowned upon as heavily because – quote everybody does it yeah um but yeah always always allow those services into your inbox with caution because they they will definitely uh yeah if the services especially uh sell that information not that google is not doing the same thing <laughs> well that was my warning at the beginning is that it's it's basically like another subscription or it's it's kind of like a a newsletter in itself but it right. serves a function to like uh, 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 formulate all of your newsletters in some sort of order. But it is kind of one in and of itself. So if if you're trying to get completely away from those type of things, it's not the option. But it is something to look at. But I appreciate you mentioning that because yeah, it's it's a it's another one of those things. All right, let's go back to the phones. Let's go down to Wiggins. We've got Vinny on the line. Vinny, thanks for calling. Hey, thank you, Michael. How you guys doing? Excellent. We appreciate you calling this morning. Hey, I appreciate what you guys do. Uh, first of all, a comment on the uh, hypoxia thing. Basically, if you're above 10,000 feet, I know that doesn't really apply around here, but you need to be on supplemental oxygen anyway. And if you're a smoker, basically you're already at 4,000 feet at sea level. Hmm. So that's just a little bit of old ancient army knowledge that may the people out there. Yeah. Uh, getting getting on to my question, uh, we have a very old Macintosh laptop. And it can give you the particulars, but it's a Mac, MacBook Pro. It's uh, I guess it's about uh, 11 or 10 years old. And uh, what the problem I'm having is it won't let me. It's so old that it won't let me update the OS. Uh, you know, the, my browser keeps telling me, "Hey, you need to update your browser," which I happy to do. But uh, apparently, it's not compatible with the OS. And which OS are you running, Vinny? Uh, it's um, MacBook Pro uh, 7.1. Uh, let's see, the it's Mac OS 10, 10.6.8, and I can give you, you know, what the uh, what the uh, the it's uh, 2.4 gigahertz Intel Core Duo, the ch- actual chip. Yeah, that's four gig of memory. So that's Snow Leopard. Um, Snow Leopard so, is is going to be way out of date, and that depending on which Mac you have. Um, you can find out how far your versions are able to go. Um, it's probably not going to be past uh, 
maybe El Capitan. It might go further than that. Um, what uh, what you need to do is uh, get your serial number and go to everymac.com and use the Mac lookup utility to find out just exactly which one of the Macs that you have. And then from there, you can determine uh, what the maximum OS 10 version is going to be. Okay. All right. Is this something that's basically linked to the actual uh, CPU that restricts you on up, up, upgrading beyond, say, a certain version of 10? Yes. The okay. CPU, the, the hardware, uh, just built in four stops to lessons. Like, yeah. basically, if you try to run a version of or an installation of OS 10 that's not supported on that laptop, it's just going to act like it doesn't recognize it or it won't let you boot the disk. Right. Right. So basically, it's planned obsolescence, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Well, uh, thanks very much. I really appreciate what you guys do. Um, and thanks for taking my call. Vinny, we appreciate you calling from uh, around Wiggins this morning. Let's go on the road. We've got Warren, who's called us. Warren, good morning. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, so I have a question for the uh, fellow that's on your uh, radio show now. Uh-huh. I wanted to know, with the technology being so advanced and growing, would it be possible for phone companies to allow a person to forward a voicemail to someone else. You're saying like send a, basically like a voice text kind of a thing? No. You call me, you leave me a voicemail. I want to know in the future, do you think phone companies will have the technology then for me to forward that voicemail to someone else? No, you would have to like capture it, download it, and then send that recording to someone. Yeah, I mean, in a way, we do that. Like, all of the voicemails that I receive at work, um, we get them on the phone, but I also receive them as an attachment in an email. So I can, you know, if I received the voicemail and I needed that, it was actually meant for somebody else that I'm working with, I can just forward the email, and they'll get a WAV file of that voicemail. I'm not sure if that's quite where you're going with it either. It's a roundabout way, well, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no way in the future that that could be done directly. There's no application, or would there ever want to be invented for that? Um, I, I think, think you real- can actually forward your voicemail. I mean, well, I, I guess I'm thinking from a from a you know from our our right. voice over IP system. But I know when I receive voicemails, even calling in on my phone, I can say forward it to another person. So that's I think that's actually appearing in some locations. Maybe not at the consumer level, but at least at the um, commercial level. We actually have a lot of that in place already. We are doing that. I can I can go on my phone right now and any of my voicemail messages, you know, once I put my PIN number in and say, okay, I want to forward this to extension 1234, and it will go there. I understand or I can that. I'm talking line. about direct, directly from one cell phone to another. Well, I think if we're doing it on the commercial side, it's definitely going to come to the consumer side at some point. Maybe it's not that quite there yet, but I mean, I, I, you know, you were saying, can that happen in the future? And it's like I said, if we're already doing it on one side, it's going to it's going to definitely trickle down. If you have a visual voicemail app on your phone, you can download the voicemail that's sent to you, and then you can send that file to someone as a text, or I mean, if their phone supports it, um, or uh, in an email. All right, Warren, we appreciate the call this morning. Uh, and I'm not sure that there aren't apps that can do that in some certain way. I mean, you can record calls and things like that. And I, uh, I, I tread lightly talking about it because I don't know if there is or is it. But that sounds like something that some people have probably tried to work on in some way or another. Um, well, I use Google Voice, which is freely available, and it's able to do that. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at it right now. I'm able to. I could. I could send over a message I received to Jeremy if I needed to. Yeah. On a voicemail from my Google Voice number. I've not tried that for my actual, my main cell phone number, though. Yeah. And again, with Google Voice, I mean, you've got forwarding options and things like that that can kind of automate all those things in together, uh, which is, uh, you know, like your uh, solution earlier. Uh, it's kind of a long way around the, the block, but it is a solution. Uh, quick question. Can a Chromebook 
be used offline, like using or reading a book, um, um, such as a tech manual while working on something. That's from Al, who's a member in Columbus. Al, thanks for uh, for emailing us. Jeremy, want to take a crack at that one? Yeah, if you've if you've got a say you've got like a PDF or something open, you're looking at a manual. If you've got that open on your Chromebook, you can disconnect from the internet because it's loaded on your computer. Furthermore, you should be able to save that file to your computer. That way, if for some reason your Chromebook shuts down or the uh, the browser gets closed, you can still open that up. All right. Uh, that's just going to about uh, do it for us. Next week, I want to dedicate some time uh, specifically to Right to Repair. We had a story that we wanted to dig into that. There's uh, been uh, a lot of movement on that news uh, here in just the last couple of days. And I know, uh, Jeremy, the, the career that you have uh, kind of – and I know you've, you've taken a lot of steps to kind of – insulate yourself from it being so uh, dependent on, you know, repairing things like that. But uh, that's that's something that is near and dear to your heart because it has a lot to do with your career and business. Certainly it does. So we will uh, dedicate a lot of time to that, uh, hopefully, in the, the next week or maybe the week after that, depending on whatever else stuff breaks and how many other rules and fines the big companies get and your calls and emails as well. Like that last email that we got from Al, you can email us your tech problems, and you don't have to wait for the show to do that. Email your tech problems anytime to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. That is going to do it for us this week. Uh, We appreciate all the calls and the emails to the show, and uh, we want to invite you to stay tuned because coming up next is Southern Remedy with Dr. Jimmy Stewart. We'll be back next Wednesday at 10 a.m. for another Everyday Tech right here on MPB Think Radio.